Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. My name is Eva Longoria. And I am Maite Gomez Rejon. And welcome to Hungry, Hungry for, for History. History, a podcast that explores our past and present through food. On every episode, we'll talk about the history of some of our favorite dishes, ingredients, and beverages. So make yourself at home. Y buen provecho. I'm so excited about this episode because I'm a huge coffee drinker. Mm. Are you a big coffee drinker? I do love coffee. I do. Not only in the morning, though, but when I go to bed at night. Oh, interesting, yeah. I I don't drink coffee, but I can't wait to wake up. To Me too! Really? I think about it at night. Yeah. I, I Well, I prep the coffee maker, I put the timer, and I'm like, coffee, 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 coffee. Yes. I didn't know this. Coffee is the second most traded commodity in the world, only behind petroleum? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of coffee. It is. It's a lot of coffee. You know, I think a lot of people can say that it's the drink that sort of fueled the modern era. Literally. <laughs> literally. Literally. When it entered, I mean, you mentioned the Arabic, you know, yeah. that sort of Arabic influence. Mm-hmm. But coffee comes from, it's actually native to Africa. Coffee, the coffee bean plant, is it a is it a bush or a tree? It's a bush. It's a bush. Yeah. It's the coffee bean and it's this plant that's very, very delicate. It grows. You have to really take care of it at the beginning, the seedling. It has to be shaded until it gets big enough and then that it can actually be planted. So it has to be really, really, really cared for. And it's for. endemic to Africa. It's endemic to Africa. Ethiopia. Specifically. Right? Specifically, yeah. So it's Ethiopia. And there are all of these, you know, stories. There's this the story of this one man. He was a goat herd and also a poet. His name was Calvi in the 6th century. And he was, you know, out with the, with whatever, with his goats. And all of a sudden he saw that his goats started dancing. And he's like, what's happening? He had, they had eaten some of the coffee beans, some of the coffee beans. And he was like, what is this? So he ate them. And he was started dancing. He started writing poetry. And, you know, he said that he would never be grumpy or tired ever again. So it's these stories. Mm -hmm. So because of the natural caffeine that it, because of the natural caffeine. So this is like way, you know, what is this? 6th century. 6th century. This, this legend is 6th century. Oh my God. But originally they would drink it. They would sort of boil the leaves mm. and the, and the, the beans. They would just like boil, boil it. it. Like, like, like a, a tea. Like a tea. Okay. Yeah. Like a tea. Or grind them and make like a, like some sort of like, like an energy bar. And they would also take the pulp and ferment it and have like a, a coffee wine called mm. Gawa. 
sort of coffee comes from this kawa. So there were sort of different ways. So it went from Ethiopia to Yemen. And in Yemen is when we sort of see it first, you know, the whole idea of this sort of coffee shop of people getting together. It, it was, it's a social thing. It was a social it's thing. It's a social thing. Like this whole idea of, yeah. and it's still very much a social thing right. in Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're really all over, but no, definitely all over the world. Over the world. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, it's a social thing. Yeah. So we start seeing coffee houses popping up like in Mecca, in Cairo, you know, so you start seeing these, these, these whole ideas. And it was the Ethiopians that set up these coffee plantations in Yemen, but it was a secret. They didn't want it to leave this area. So a, a monk, apparently, he taped six beans to his stomach and he left the country and introduced them to... That is so shady for a monk. It is so, so scandalous it is, for a monk to it do is, that. It is to do, to do something like this. It's not cool. It's not cool. But eventually, the coffee sort of started, you know, spreading, you know, from... So people could grow it in other places. People started growing it. Yeah, people started... But but it's still, you know, so Mm -hmm. sort of difficult to grow. But eventually, they started growing it in other places. Well, it needs a specific climate, too. It needs to be... It needs to be hot. It needs to be humid. Yeah. So by the time it made its way to Europe, it's like it arrived in Europe in the early 1600s, same time that chocolate and tea. Right. Um, chocolate from arrived. Mexico. Chocolate from Mexico, <laughs> tea from China, and then coffee, coffee from, from Africa. Africa. So this is, they're coming out of, you know, the, the Middle Ages still, sort of at yeah. the beginning of this. I was surprised to know this. about the history in, in England. Yes. Because England is such a tea drinking place it that is. I was surprised that coffee had dominated. Yeah, the first coffee houses in Europe, 1650, in Oxford. And they were, they were, they called them penny universities, mm. right? So, so basically coffee. So they would gather to discuss everything. Top, culture and culture. topics. And, yeah. And yeah. the coffee cost a penny. Uh-huh. So you would go, you could go there and get your newspaper. You could talk to only men. It was only men. Only men. You could talk to sort of like-minded people, get your news. You know, it became the drink of the enlightenment, right? It woke people up from this sort of buzz that they'd been under for a thousand years when people were drinking ale in the morning. Even kids were drinking ale in the morning. So we have these... You know, it also, they're drinks from other parts of the world and they're really bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave people a jolt and they also started sweetening them. A coffee and sugar has to do with enslavement, right? Yeah. Slavery. Specifically yeah. the sugar fields. Specifically the sugar field. And yeah. one of the driving forces was, you know. The demand to, for coffee. To the demand to, to, to sweeten, sweeten the coffee. bitter. But yeah, we started seeing these coffee houses in Oxford and then in London and then in Paris. Yeah. Um, so this is when, yeah. Well, there, it was like noted that Thomas Jefferson used to be with intellects in coffee houses, yeah. right? Yeah. Talking they, about for the French Revolution. Or yeah, <laughs> right before the French Revolution. Yeah. Apparently there's a legend that he drafted the Declaration of Independence there. In a coffee in house. A, in a Parisian coffee house. But this is where all of the, you know, intellectuals would, would get together, right? And, and in London there was, you know, you know, different, there were different ones in London where if you were a sailor, you would go to a particular coffee house. If you were a pimp, you would go to another coffee house. I wonder which one had the best coffee. (laughs) Seems like the pimps need to stay awake longer. Actually, it was terrible coffee because they used to, it wasn't like they brew a coffee like today. They had to make a big barrel of coffee. Mm. And by then it was already sort of roasted and all this. It was a big barrel of coffee. And then they would just boil it. So it was, they called it, it? yeah, re-boil it. So they called it, 
like the syrup of um, soot and it tasted like, you know, old shoes. So it had these sort of, you know, this bad sort of reputation. But eventually it made its way to the islands, the Caribbean islands. And that is what really kickstarted the the whole coffee industry. This mainstreaming of coffee, cafe latte, macchiato, Mm -hmm. cappuccino. Why is it Italian names? Actually, the very first coffee house Uh that opened in London, his name was Pasquale Rosé. He was Italian, and he also established the first coffee house in Paris, which is still around, Café Procop, that will open in 1672. So he was Italian, but this is interesting. 1663, there were 83 coffee houses in London. By 1700, so just, you know, 40 years later, there were 2,000 coffee houses. Mm. So this was how, when they were calling it essence of old shoes and syrup of soot, coffee was taxed by the gallon. So this is why they had to make it in advance. So they would boil cold coffee. Until, so it was the Italians that... That came up with the machine. That came up with the machine. The espresso machine. And that's why coffee tastes so good. We could thank Luigi. Yes, yes Luigi Becerra, who developed the single-shot espresso that was meant to be uh, drunk immediately after being served, and that's why you drink mm. it at a bar in an Italian coffee okay. shop standing because it needs to be drank immediately. So everything was centered around the way the espresso was made and the way it was consumed. And so when coffee houses could finally get one of these machines, they kept the Italian nomenclatures. Oh. We learned something new! We are so smart. That we figured this really out. That is interesting. That is so interesting. Yeah, yes. I love so, that. And the reason is once this espresso craze in the 1950s started to happen, uh-huh. they wanted to keep as much Italian identity as possible because if you named it Italian names, it meant it was authentic coffee. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, this so whole idea of authenticity. Yes. yes. And so all the coffee houses wanted to keep the Italian names and adopt as much Italian as possible into their cafe menus. So they said cappuccino and espresso because it was better marketing. After the break, we'll talk more about the history of coffee. Don't go anywhere. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi. I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, 
State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome back to the show. Coffee is such a big episode for us, we thought we'd feature two voices. Here's our first guest, Fernando Diaz, founder of Proyecto Diaz Coffee, giving us some insight into what actually goes into making your daily cup of joe. My name is Fernando Diaz Mendoza, and I'm the founder of Proyecto Diaz Coffee. We're a coffee roasting company based out of San Leandro, California, with a mission to help rebuild and revitalize farms and legacies. There's a few things that I feel that people don't quite understand or are aware of the intensity uh, about coffee. You have to keep in mind that coffee is harvested about once a year because the majority of countries only produce one crop. And that crop comes to maturity in about a span of three, three-ish months. For example, smaller producers that we work with, everything is picked by hand. And this coffee is then transported miles away from the farm to a processing location where it then gets ready to be exported. So it travels literally thousands and thousands of miles to finally get to its point of destination and to our cup. We are still in Veracruz, which is kind of a coffee hotspot. It is a coffee hotspot, and we were at, this afternoon, at Café de la Parroquia, which is the oldest coffee shop in Mexico. 1808. 1808. Mm-hmm. And they serve the coffee with lots of milk. Yeah. <laughs> with lots of milk, and they pour the milk from up high. Which, ironically, is an Arabic thing. Yeah. The pouring, when you, you know, you start at the cup, and then you raise it up, and it does that long stream, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. The mix. Well, those are the, the roots, and coffee didn't enter... Mexico until the 18th century. Really? So it arrived, you know, quite quite late. And it arrived through Veracruz? And it arrived through Veracruz. There were two entrances. The very first entrance was Veracruz, right? The very first contact where yeah. people, things started. The port, this port, the, the, yeah. This was the very first port. Mm-hmm. And then there was also the port of Acapulco. Oh, on the other side. On the other side, yeah. on the, on the, the Pacific, Pacific side. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it was this one on the Gulf. And then on the Pacific side, and there was those Manila galleons. So lots of things were entering through there. And the Manila galleons, they were leaving Manila in the Philippines, which was also a Spanish colony at the time. And they were going once or twice a year for 250 years from Manila to Acapulco, back and forth. And lots of things were coming in and out through there as well. Yeah, Sorry, that noise is two parrots outside of our door. (laughs) I think they're hungry or fighting. <laughs> We're in the middle of the jungle. We're in a palapa still, just so you guys know. It takes 39 gallons of water. I know, that's crazy. Just to make one cup of water. A cup of that's coffee. A cup of coffee, yeah. By the way, it's same with beer. Really? Uh, beer takes a lot of water. Yeah, because I was at the brewery in Nova Leon, and they were like, it takes 
a lot of water to make one bottle of beer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anytime you have to steep something, roast something, right. clean something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the process. It but. takes a long time and you have to take care of the plant, let it ripen, yeah. get the, the, the beans mm -hmm. and then dry them and roast yeah. them. And they have to be picked by hand. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a very time. I know. Consuming. You know, I was in um, Central America on a farm workers philanthropic trip and there was this bug called rust they called it the rust and they lost all the harvest that year mm. and because it, it's a very delicate plant and these bugs just infested it and it just devastated central america for like two years because they couldn't get rid of this bug and you know coffee's just the the demand for it you know all over the world is insane and you know it, it's interesting because we're here in veracruz where actually they do a large coffee production because of the climate this mm -hmm. volcanic rock the mountains the weather like it was like perfect scenario for these plants to grow and now they've you know they've become famous for it. but it's moved to Pueblo it's moved to Hidalgo yeah. it's moved to other regions um when did Colombia become so famous for coffee, but Brazil's the number one coffee producer. Brazil's the number one coffee producer, and it wasn't until the 1700s. So coffee arrived in Mexico 1740. Mm -hmm. So not that long ago, really, yeah, considering. Yeah. So, but yeah, Brazil and Colombia, and they also they grow so much. They have so much land, right? Mm -hmm. So they are major, you know, coffee producers. Vietnam and is number two. Vietnam is number two. Brazil's number one. Vietnam's number two. And then Colombia's number three. But they say Colombia's the best coffee because of also that climate. There's mm. that. So even though it's not the biggest producer of it, the quality of it because of the climate. It's mostly because okay. of the climate. The climate and they and have the soil. They've perfect the soil, the climate, and their technique is different. They say that the, the, the coffee from Veracruz Eco, okay. is the best. Veracruz? The, is the best in Mexico. Yes. That it's very citrusy. Oh, interesting. And nutty. I do. I am um, a sommelier of, of coffee. coffee. Like, really? I can tell notes. I can, oh, this is bitter. Oh, this is sour. This is, like, I really can, can taste mm. the different, you know, characteristics. The nuance. You yes. can get the nuances. You're just like wine. Like, I'm just like, oh, this, yeah, this one. So that's interesting you say more citric because we were at that cafe today. Yeah, and, uh, it had so much milk, though, so. I know. I was like, stop, but that's, they pour the hot milk from way above, and that's what creates the foam, which yes. I thought was really fascinating. But um, Colombia is a good combination of the ecosystem's altitude, climate, and uh, good farm practices. That's, and so they can consistently produce uh, all year round instead of seasonally. I have a funny coffee story. Okay. That's related to Corpus Christi. Okay. Home. We used to spend summers there mm -hmm. my whole life. Like all summer oh my God, and at I the island. Summers in Laredo. <laughs> we, we just switched. <laughs> we just switched. And Padre Island. Our, my yeah. parents had a, a condo there and my cousins would come. So it was like a whole army of children and all of the moms would like be in one apartment playing cards and my cousins and I would all just run around all night. And there was an office in the building and I was like seven years old. I would go to the office, pour myself a coffee with creamer. Yeah. And sit by the pool and drink my coffee and then run around like crazy. How old were you? Like seven. Oh my gosh. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were children. <laughs> Is it true it stunts your growth? Must no. not be true. 
Well, we're both short. (laughs) (laughs) Because I started about seven or eight because, you know, my story is it was a chore. So my mom would go, you make the coffee in the morning for your dad. And so we all rotated where we had to wake up, make the coffee for my dad to go to work at 6 a.m. So it would fill the house. And I just remember opening the Folgers can, Mm -hmm. the tin can. Yes. And that smell. And I would scoop it. My mom taught me the measurement and we'd put the water. And so... It, to me, it reminds me of home. Aww. It's very nostalgic, the smell. And ironically, when I got pregnant, I, I had an, an adverse reaction to it. You know, oh, people really? have cravings when they're pregnant. Yeah. I did. I had just, I couldn't, I couldn't stand the smell of coffee. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Wow. I love coffee. As soon as I had my baby, I was back. back. It was just a, a weird aversion. Aversion. Yeah. I had, oh, that's so had crazy interesting. aversions. Not, not that thing. But it's a big part of my day. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my husband, I go, I think I drink six, seven cups a day. But he goes, you never finish one. And I go, that's true. So maybe I'm not drinking hmm. six or seven cups. Do you drink of them throughout the day? Throughout the day. So you can have a coffee at night. I can have an espresso before going to bed. Yeah. And you still yeah. sleep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I just have it in the morning and I love it. I love it. How do you drink it? Um, You know what? I am all over the place. I drink black coffee in the morning, just black, uh, before I work out. Then after workout, I have a cafe cubano. uh, Not as sweet as the traditional ones and Mm -hmm. not with condensed milk. Uh, I have a lactate-free milk because I'm lactose intolerant. And then I'll have a small quadruple shot latte. And then in the afternoon, I'll have a, a cortado, uh, on an espresso shot with a mancha of milk. Like okay, a, like a just a little milk. bit, yeah. So literally, that's my day. Wow. I, I just go, bop, 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 yeah. I'm not a big creamer milk person. I like I, I'm, I'm, I like coffee with a little bit of milk. I'm okay. Not, you know people like milk with a little bit of coffee? Yeah, I like a little bit of milk, but, uh, but enough. Mm-hmm. Just coffee with milk, that's it. After the break, I'm going to share a special recipe with you, espresso martinis with tequila. Boy, I can't wait. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome back to Hungry for History. There are many small coffee farmers in Mexico producing incredible coffees. Someone helping those small producers export their top quality beans to the world is Rosalba Cifuentes Tobia, founder of the import-export coffee business Mayan Harvest. Born in Chiapas, Mexico, when we asked her what inspired her to start her company, Rosalba said she was looking for a cause and she found it in coffee. Hola, mi nombre es Rosalba Cifuentes Tobia. Soy mexicana del estado de Chiapas. El por qué empecé mi negocio, porque yo quería un negocio con causa y en el café lo encontré. Rosalba also said she works with a wide variety of people, from large businesses to poor vendors. She says that her mission is to serve as a bridge of information for both sides of the coffee market. Trabajo con un gran rango de personas, desde empresas muy grandes hasta personas muy pobres. ¿Por qué elegí trabajar con ellos? Porque quise ser el puente de información de ambos lados. When we asked Rosalba what people needed to know about coffee in Mexico, here's what she said. It's important for people to know that in Mexico, there are jewels of coffee of such high quality, they can compete with any coffee from anywhere in the world. Que la gente debe de saber que en México existen joyas de café de alta calidad que pueden competir con cualquier café del mundo. I was looking at, like, because I was like, I drink a lot of coffee, and I was like, God, is that bad? Am I, is it bad? And they were saying mm. the the benefits still far outweigh the damage that coffee could do. Yeah. Right? You mean, like, physically? Like physically, yeah. yeah that that drinking coffee has several health benefits. A lot of the nutrients in coffee beans do make their way into the finished fruit drink. It's packed with antioxidants and vitamins, such as riboflavin, magnesium, potassium. Coffee can help lessen depression. Hmm promote a healthy heart and reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. That's if you're not ordering the caramel macchiato with oh, the milk course. and the yes. sugar. Like that, <laughs> oh, yeah. the sugar, uh, yeah. Coffee made like with the, the drink, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, liver disease, and liver cancer. So wow. I found that interesting that it still has a lot more health benefits than it does any damage. Of course, the energy boost is the big reason why a lot of people drink it. But the number two reason people drink coffee is the routine, the comfort mm. in a routine, which is what you and I started this yeah. podcast with that's true there's a comfort in just waking up doing that thing in the morning Mm -hmm. there's a great meme on instagram that says i don't have my shit together but every time i make my coffee in the morning it kind of makes me feel like i got my shit together (laughs) because at least i have my coffee i love that at least you know that you get you did that right yeah i like um french press is the coffee that i drink i I always do french press i I go through phrases i do french press i do espresso i do brewed my my husband calls the you know the the brewing of coffee soft water because he loves espresso but uh, the third reason that people the number three top reason why people drink coffee is the culture of social interaction which is so crazy that that's, that's number how it three. started. Yeah, that's how it started. And that's how it started. Yeah. And that's still, like, I, I mean, even now, like, let's get together. I remember growing up, my mom, she would have friends over for the cafecito. Yes, my mom too. In the afternoon. Yeah, in the afternoon mm-hmm. or, like, the, or after dinner or after a meal, the cafecito. And it's this, 
it prolongs the meal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of this, you know, social aspect yeah, of it's it. It's a social, foster social interaction, and it dates back centuries. It dates back centuries. And there was an Arab physician in the year, around the year 1000, Avicenna, his name, an Arab physician, and he wrote that coffee cleansed the skin, mm. gives excellent smell for the body, and also fortifies the body. Mm. This is around the year 1000. Wow. So even that. Even then they knew it had benefits. I don't think anything goes better with coffee than tequila. And I have an amazing espresso martini recipe, but with tequila. Wow. I've never had coffee with tequila. Your life's about to be changed. Whoa. Coffee and tequila. Hello. Let's, get, let's make it now. Let's make it now. <laughs> now my espresso martini with tequila is super simple. You get a shaker, you put some ice, an espresso shot, tequila, and I put a little bit of vanilla. Shake it up. You just shake it up and mm. throw it in a martini glass. Okay. Have you ever tried it like- Yes, with a rim. Slushy? Oh yeah. You could slush it. I'm sure. It's a, that's a frappuccino, isn't it? Yeah. But also, you know what I put into it was that- Torito. Have you had that? It's 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 a peanut. No, I didn't try it. Yeah, it was that. But I, I you can put a vanilla liqueur. Okay. And mm. I, I got a vanilla liqueur from the vanilla plant we were at. So I put oh, a little vanilla liqueur, yum. tequila, and espresso shot. That's it. That sounds really Shake good. it up. Thank you so much for listening to Hungry for History. Next week is all about tamales. So continue sending us your favorite family recipes, eating and making tamales. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Hungry for History is an unbelievable entertainment production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura podcast network. For more of your favorite shows, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.